It is good to see you tonight. Just a little bit different of a lesson. Ten truths about women in the church. And I want to deal with it a little bit differently, as I've already mentioned. I believe that the ten truths that I'm about to share with you are biblical and right, and hopefully they are also wise and God-honoring. But I do think sometimes we talk more about what women cannot do than what women can do in the church. And I'll say this quickly. There is scarcely one ministry that doesn't have the DNA of women all over it in a congregation. Oh, for you wiseacres, you might say, what about our singing? After all, Adam tonight got up and led us in singing. Yes, and all three songs that were led in the public worship were written by women. Did you notice that? They were. You may say the elders. And while it is granted that a woman cannot and should not take a public and a leading role in worship, and that a woman cannot biblically be the husband of one wife, Titus 1, 5 through 9, elders do have a wife, each elder. And in the congregation here, I think Lynn and Terry would be up a creek without their wives, don't you? Amen, Lynn? So as we think about ministry, the positive influence and impact of godly women touches virtually every life and every ministry in the kingdom. And we ought to say thank you. And we hold your hands up high for your desire to serve God in a biblical and God-honoring way. Let me begin these ten truths. Truth number one. In all of life, Christ is our authority and our supreme guide. And in no place is this more true than in the place of relationships. In all of life, Jesus is our example and supreme guide, and in no place is this more true than in the area of relationships. According to Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, women were some very important encouragers and financial supporters of our Lord during His earthly ministry. How thankful we ought to be for that. Don't you imagine that there were a number of conversations that Jesus had with ladies, always on the highest of levels, in a lot of ways, like the conversation he had with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. And people, male and female, that Jesus related to had every opportunity to grow and develop as a result of their association with Jesus. How grateful all of us should be 
for godly women who have grown and developed through the years because of their association with Jesus and have helped others to grow and develop too. How like Jesus. A second truth that needs to be considered. Women were created in God's image just as much as men initially. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Women and men together are image bearers of God. How we need to treat them accordingly. As an image bearer of God, women ought to be treated properly and well. Truth number three. The Bible forbids, the Word of God forbids the sexual exploitation and the abuse of women, period. And the church must speak clearly and often about this theme. The Bible forbids the sexual exploitation and the abuse of women. It is contrary to the great commandment to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. It's contrary to the great commandment in loving your neighbor as yourself. It's contrary to the golden rule, doing unto others as you would have others do unto you. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Matthew 7 and verse 12. It's contrary to the very core of Christianity. Because Jesus cares for people, so should we. Sexual exploitation, far too common in this world, especially concerning ladies. Men, Job 31.1 is still a good passage to keep in mind. I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at the woman. Matthew 5.28, the words of Jesus still are true in scriptures. That we should not look lustfully on a woman and to do so can be being guilty of adultery in our heart. How we need to abstain and flee from fornication. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. And yet we live in a society that claims to uphold the dignity of women and yet sexual exploitation and abuse are rampant in this country. 94% of all adolescent young men have seen porn. 65% of all adolescent girls have. And of the 50 most common porn movies that might be accessed, 88% of those 50 involve abuse, normally toward women. We must speak out against sexual exploitation and abuse of women. 
It seems to me we would do this with children because it is right and proper. And it is no less so with women. Again, this is number four. The Bible holds as the greatest of ethics the love that a husband should have for his wife. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of things that we as men could improve upon. But every man that has ever lived needs to learn to love his wife more like Jesus loves the church. With that kind of selflessness, that kind of sacrifice, that depth of love, and initiating love. Number five, it has often been said that women were last at the cross and first at the tomb. Women have typically been some of the most faithful members of the body of Christ. If it is true that approximately two-thirds of our membership in our churches consist of women, approximately... Where would we be without their servants' hearts? They were last at the cross and first at the tomb. And they still, ladies, are often some of the most faithful members of a congregation. Their talents and their abilities can be seen in so many areas of the church's work. Number next. This is number six, correct? The fall of Adam and Eve in the garden introduced distortions to the male and female relationship that we still are having to deal with. The fall of Adam and Eve in the garden introduced distortions that we still are having to deal with. A distortion of the man's role. Rather than humble, loving headship, authoritarian, dictatorial dominance. That's one possibility. Instead of humble, loving headship, as the Bible would authorize, some men are passive. 
regarding their task. As a result, sometimes it's hard to give loving, humble submission to a man because he's authoritarian, dictatorial, and demanding or because he's completely passive even as it regards his responsibility of headship in a home. I love the way Ephesians 5 ends. Ephesians 5 ends with these words, See to it then that a husband loves his wife. And see to it that a wife respects her husband. Ladies, I believe with all my heart, when you know that your husband really loves you, That covers a multitude of sins. And you can say amen under your breath, ladies. I hope you do. And men, when you know that your wife respects you, it helps you a great deal because that means a lot, doesn't it? We may go through our lives sometimes, men, not getting the respect that we would like to have at work and among others. But when a man's wife respects him, it means a lot. So thank you, ladies, for trying to do what the Bible says. Yes, the fall introduced some distortions. Genesis 3, 1 through 7 speaks of that. In looking at some truths about the role of women in the church, number seven, our Bible classes would significantly improve if we involved and communicated with and asked for ideas more from women. I am not in any way besmirching the work that Adam and Julie are doing with our kids. I am simply saying, and there's good work being done there, thank you to them. I am simply saying that when we have ladies that have taught Bible classes for 20, 30, and 40 years, they know a lot about curriculum (laughs) from trial and error and practice. They can help a lot in children's classes. Amen, fellas? They know a lot about children's learning styles because they have had to deal with children who learn differently. See? Kobe over here. And see Brandy over there. You think they're learning a lot about kids' learning styles with the kids that they've got? How important it is to see that they have much to offer our education ministry. And education ministry needs to have the hands and fingerprints of godly women all over it. And it can make a big difference. 
I recently got back from a focal point in San Marcos, Texas. And one of the things I was involved with was a conversation, a critical conversation regarding how to improve our Bible class arrangement. And one of the best things I read in preparing for that was written by Karen Dixon about how to teach school-age children as she did for a number of years at Midland Christian. One of the most helpful things I looked at the whole time. I'm not just saying that because it's my daughter. I'm saying that because every ministry that really works will often have a woman's fingerprints behind it. Amen to that. I would encourage the church here to continue to utilize godly women with experience and talent. And I think it's wonderful to have young men get up and lead our singing at Pew Packers, but it is every bit as valuable and precious to have young ladies assisting experienced teachers, lady teachers, in our Bible classes. And to fail to have done that earlier shows maybe a little bit of inconsistency and thoughtfulness, thoughtlessness on our part. I'm glad we're doing it now. I am. Now, number eight. I have taught preaching at Bear Valley and at Brown Trail and several other places through the years. And one of the things I've done over the last five to ten years is I have brought ladies whose husbands were gospel preachers and ladies with 20 years, 30 years, 40 years as members of the church involved in teaching in other areas. And one of the things I have asked them is this. Outside of your husband, I interviewed them in this class. Outside of your husband... Do you recall anyone ever asking you for sermon ideas or feedback? Fellas, no wonder why we don't have any illustrations in anything except for sports. We're not thinking. If most of the people, if many of the people we're talking to, I realize some ladies love sports, but some ladies, that's another world, is the foreign language. It's true. It's true with some guys, too. We need more variety than that. How in the world is it all right to never look at that resource and to consider what they may think. So why do I ask people here at Westside to put on a four by six card their suggestions? I'll tell you why. I get some great ideas from you. That's why. Things I might not think about otherwise. I want you to know, though, when I ask those ladies that question, the answer has been 100% of the time, no one. 
I reckon that we could learn a lot from people like Carol Mayfield giving us just a suggestion or two, or Vonda Powers, or Darby Williams, just as examples. Glenda Dolan. Those are some godly women that have some experience. Amen? And young preachers, especially, you think those of us that have been at it for a while would think about this more, but certainly younger preachers can get a lot. I'll guarantee you Cherie has been a great helper to me over the years. Saying things like, you know, maybe you could have said this one just a little bit differently. Or what about this idea? No, she's not mounted this pulpit, but she's influenced the one who does get in the pulpit. And I suspect Julie does that with Adam, too. Is this number nine? Churches need to generally be as quick to speak of what women can do in the church as we are to speak of what they cannot. I know 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 15 is in Scripture. I am aware that 1 Corinthians 14, 33 and 34 are in Scripture. And in the time I've been here, I have preached on those particular passages and others regarding the role of women in the church and what women are not authorized to do. It is not wrong, it is not inappropriate to emphasize some of the things they can and that we should encourage. Lastly, I long for the day and I pray for the day when every member of the church, whether male or female, I long for and pray for the day that every member of the church, male or female, will be the best version of themselves in honoring God to the glory of God. We got our work cut out for us there, don't we? but encouraging every Christian, male and female, to honor what God's Word says and to become the best version of themselves to the glory of God. I wonder how many young ladies here might write a song, a poem, that one day will be up on the PowerPoint. I wonder how many can help encourage and influence children in Bible classes. Other women can encourage their husbands to draw closer to the Lord, can serve God as a single Christian, and maybe do medical missions or teaching that impacts lives all to the glory of God. I don't think that that's just an unrealistic vision. 
but it does necessitate us talking more about what women can do and encouraging them to do it and not just what they can't. Let us pray. God in heaven, may your will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. May we respect your will in everything, including our God-given roles. But help us to see the value and preciousness of godly Christian women even more. And help us to lift them up in thanks and in praise to you, God for the invaluable service that they render to the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Perhaps there is someone here tonight, not a Christian. Well, through faith and repentance and baptism, your sins can be washed away by the blood of Jesus. You can be added to the body of Christ, the church. And for those of us who are Christians, I want to look to Jesus more as my example and authority in relating to everybody. Don't you? And think about how he related to the opposite sex. And he always encouraged them to draw closer to the Father. I don't think that we'll go wrong if we follow a similar method. Let's stand and sing.